Welcome to the Freedom City Church podcast, a podcast designed to help your faith thrive. We hope you enjoy today's message. All right, my final message for 2022. And I thought about this one. I was like, I'm going to do my most impressive, my funniest, my (laughs) smartest message ever. And then I was like, nah, that's every week. I do that every week. (laughs) Then I was like, nah, what I'm going to preach on is something that I just feel very central to to my theology and beliefs at the moment, but also what I I believe Freedom City has been led. Because what's the point of being a pastor if you're not leading? So for me, I want to lead us somewhere this morning. Are you good with that? Yes. Do you want to be led? Yes. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. Thanks, Tim. It's always that person who just says it when no one else is talking. All right. I just reached my goal again. That's great. My message today is called Missio Day. Say Missio Day. Missio Day. You just spoke Latin. Good on you. Missio Day, like I said, has been as far as become one of my central beliefs. Central to who I am, central to what I believe the church is called to be, central to what I believe the kingdom is about. The old Latin term Missio Day is up in the slide, means Missio Day. It means the mission of God. No, that's not the one. Don't worry about it. Let's go back to the first one. Means the mission of God or the sending of God. So it refers to God's great mission to restore. There we are. God's great mission. Nah, thanks, Nish. To restore humanity to Himself. So God's great mission to restore humanity to Himself by sending Jesus and His call to us, His church, is to take part in the mission. It's a mission that has been at play for thousands of years and continues still today. Have you ever heard of Missio Day? The mission of God. And when we talk about mission, sometimes we get into this whole kind of SWAT seal mentality where it's like this mission is God, Alpha, Delta, whatever it is. You know, it's like, take them out. You know, and you're like, and you're like oh, it's a mission. Oh, I need to gear myself up for a mission. But I think it's, we need to understand it a little bit deeper to, to realize just how prevalent this is and should be in our lives. It's not... It's not war that we're in, it's a mission that we're on. I want to make that differentiation very early on, particularly because we've spoken about, um, in our past series, about uh, the, the kingdom of violence, Pax Romana. The kingdom that we live in is not a, a kingdom of violence. So when I say mission, it's not synonymous with violence. Are we all good with that? So the word mission in Greek, which is, was then translated into the Latin missio, means apostello. Say apostello. Apostello means to send, send away. And apostello, when used in many, many instances in the Bible, down the bottom, focuses back to the source of the one who was sending. So the mission is less about the person on the mission and more about who sent the person. So when we say Missio Day, it's we're talking about the mission of God, which first focuses back to the person, the source of the mission, not the person who outworks the mission. So Missio Day, and there's a direct correlation between Missio Day and the Great Commission. Who knows the Great Commission? 
Who feels confident to, 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 to say that? Amen. Go therefore to all the world. You know, we have this, this great commission. The next slide, please, Mish. The, this great commission that we have to go into the world, baptizing, teaching, you know, authority, or making disciples. So if you look at Missio Day and the Great Commission, there's a direct correlation between the two. The, the, the issue that arises though, because we're in the modern English context, a lot of us don't speak Greek or Latin. The issue that arises here is the, who is the mission actually for? Whose is the mission actually? What I mean by that is, you look at the Great Commission, it was given to the disciples from Jesus and then he left the earth, so it must be the disciples' mission, right? You've been commissioned, here's your mission. Or you look at Missio Dan, it says the mission of God, not from God, so it's God's mission, but God's not here on earth in human form, so how does it actually all work? Because when we, when we start to look into the finer details, this is what has happened over years and years of preaching and church culture, it becomes confusing. The reason there's an issue is we don't actually identify who the Great Commission was for, then everyone just stands back and expects someone else to do it. If we don't actually identify who was the Great Commission for, everyone just stands back and says, someone else will do it. So today, I want to recalibrate our lives with the Word of God, with the Holy Spirit, and to realign ourselves with God's heart for humanity, His mission for the world. Is that good? Can I tell you a story? This story is about four people. Next slide, please, Nish. Four people called everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. There was an important job to be done, and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everyone blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have. Everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have. Have you ever heard someone say, or you said yourself, I don't do outreach, that's the church's role. Or, I don't, I, don't, I don't feel comfortable praying for people. That My pastor prays for people. Come, my pastor will pray for you. Or have you ever heard, I don't tell people about Jesus. It's not my personality. I, I like to play the long game. I heard someone say that, and I, I was like, what? What is the long game? What have they done? You stuffed up. Now, I don't talk about God publicly. It's, it's a deeply personal thing for me. Come on. I don't do discipleship. That's the role of the church. Have you ever heard that or been around that rhetoric? It's actually quite common that we, we always think that somebody will do it, but nobody does when anybody could have. You know, I've heard it said so many times over the years, and over the years of church culture and societal shifts, like I said, we've ended up at a place where a lot of people subconsciously believe that mission and ultimately the Great Commission 
is reserved for missionaries who go overseas or for pastors and leaders in churches. A lot of people think, oh, I will support the mission of the church by coming to church. And that is how I outwork the Great Commission. So I'll rock up on a Sunday and I'll support the Great Commission. I don't know if, that's, if this arrow is hitting you right in the heart right now, but if it is, good. Let's talk about it. The problem is that people and pastors have preached this narrative. We have preached this narrative. Pastors and leaders have unknowingly separated something that is so central to our faith individually and have connected it purely to the collective. We've taken something that is so central to the individual and made it a purely collective thing. Karl Barth, who's heard of Karl Barth before? He wrote a dogma, basically the dogma of theology. It's boring and long, and I haven't finished it. But he wrote in a 1932 paper, he set out the idea that mission was God's work and that authentic church mission must be in response to God's missio, God's sending. The idea was picked up by a theologian called Hardenstein, who used the term missio Dei to distinguish it from missio ecclesiae. Ecclesia, the mission of the church. And it sounds like wordplay, mission of God, mission of the church. It sounds like wordplay, but there's a clear distinction that we need to make here. The mission of, the, of God and the mission of church should be the same thing. It should, but it's not. Because over years, churches have created a schism between the two by elevating ego and power over God's plan for eternal restoration. For humanity. There's a difference. Tell me if there's a difference here. There's a difference between praying, God, what is your divine mission to see all of creation return to you? And how can I partner with what you are already doing in the world and seeing that become a reality? And what's see if there's a difference between this next one. God. Our mission to reach people online is to reach people online by producing TikToks that preach your goodness and by getting viral videos circulate the internet for your kingdom. We pray that you will bless our plans. What is the difference there? There's a difference between mission of God and mission of the church because what we've mistaken over the years is we've turned mission in the church sense into our strategy is the mission. Our strategy for reaching people is the mission. God does not, God will bless something in your strategic planning meeting because he's a gracious God. He'll say, good on you guys for doing a SWOT analysis. Good on you guys for planning it out. Good on you. And I will bless it. The, uh, if you, I don't know if you know this, but when he entered the temple that David, uh, well, the, the first temple, he's like, fine, I'll enter it, but if you stuff up, I'm leaving. So he entered it conditionally. God blesses our plans, but he's been doing something for a very, very long time that we were not involved in. God has been doing something a lot longer than we have, and yet we think our strategic planning meetings are where the Great Commission is outworked. The problem with strategic planning meetings is that 
Not everyone likes your strategic plan. I've learned this over the years. Some people are just like, your plan sucks. I don't like your plan. Why are we gonna do, why are we reaching people through TikToks? I don't even know what TikTok is. Why are we, I don't even like this. And so what happens is if you attach your outworking of faith to the church's outworking of the mission, you end up doing nothing. Because I don't like the plan, so, I'm, so I can't outwork my faith. Have you ever, I, well, I don't know if you've heard this, I've heard this so many times. Hey guys, you should, we should do something about this. I oh, swear, what are we going to do? I know, but you should plan it. Uh, oh, really? I'm busy. Yeah, so I've got a lot on my plate right now. Yeah, it's like, oh, we should do something about this. Oh, does, it, does that have to be a church thing? Does that have to, do we have to do that? Yeah, it's, we get into this mentality where we put the onus, the onus put, is put completely on the church. The mission, Missio Ecclesia and Missio Dei, Missio Ecclesia says the mission of the church, therefore the church has to create the mission, has to create the outworking, has to create the opportunity. The church has to do it and I'll just support the church. I'll come along and say, yes, I like that plan. Yes, I'll like that Instagram post about that plan. And yet we do nothing because we expect that the volunteers will do it. Missio Ecclesia puts the onus on the church. We are the church, 100%. I get that. We are the church. But the church is imperfect. Missio Ecclesia puts the onus on the Sunday service, on the connect groups. It puts the onus that all outworking evangelism opportunities, discipleship happens through the means of a church operation. Whereas, come on. I don't know who I'm preaching to here, but I'm preaching. If it is Missio Day, it is God's mission. And if it is God's mission, do you know that God existed before the church did? What? Acts 2, the church was created. So there's a whole Old Testament before the church we talk about was created. So was God at work during that time? Was God on mission during that time? Yes. So don't look to the church to be sent, look to God. Look to the Missio Day. You don't have to be a church partner in God's mission. I'll tell you the first thing that you can do. Walk out your front door. Even don't, you don't even, just call someone. You can do it in your house. Missio Day means that I do not have to partner with the church. Will I? Yes, because God has ordained the church for good works. Will I do it? Yes, because the church community is healthy. I encourage you, if you don't come along to church, come along. If you don't come along online viewers, come along. Because there's something that happens here that won't happen by yourself. But Missio Day helps us realize that every single minute of every single day, I have been apostolic. I have been sent. And the mission is not about my strategic plan, but it's more about the person who sent me. The mission of God. I'm not going to wait for my church to run an outreach program because it's not the church's call to make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them. It's my call. It's my mission. It's my daily opportunity to preach the gospel. And I will partner with the church in helping other people create a strategic plan to do it well. Yes. 
but it's always been individual. It has always been individual. If everybody thought anybody could do it and nobody realized that everybody would do it, it ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have. Here's the mission of God, not the mission of Freedom City Church, not the mission of Hillsong Bethel or Planet Shake, because the strategy will vary, but the mission stays the same because it's been around a long, long time. And if the mission stays the same, for all people to return to Christ, to God, all creation to return to Him, if the mission stays the same, then those called to the mission stay the same. Does this get you excited? Because this gets me excited, because this makes me realize that I am an ambassador of Christ when I get my hair cut. My barber, I can talk to my barber, or the barber in Hilton who just doesn't talk. One day we'll get him to talk. One day. Or my barista, do I know my barista's name? Do I even care about my barista's name? I am an ambassador of Christ. I am a mission every day. I've been sent into the world because my life matters. My life has been called to be a light. Maybe it's your local RGA staff. Do you know them? When I'm talking to parents at my kids' school, I'm an ambassador of Christ. We've made some friends, we're doing play dates, and we've made some really good friends from our kids' school. I am an, I am a mission to show them the light and the love of Jesus. When I talk to my workmates, when I'm talking to my friends, I am an ambassador of Christ and I am on mission. Like I said, take this whole idea of mission, being synonymous with violence and being synonymous with all these sort of things and realize that mission is to say, hey, God, Christ, the Christ. There's a quote, a very famous quote, the church doesn't have a mission, the mission has a church. The church doesn't have a mission. The mission has a church. The church is one part of God's mission, but it's not the only part. It is an integral part, but it's not the only part. You should definitely be part of a church and support Freedom City because we need your support. Yes, please. Volunteer in the kids' team. We need you. But you should also have friends that aren't Christian. Yeah, someone said to me years ago, like, hey, would you hang out with anyone who doesn't go to church? I'm like, nah. They're like, why? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, because I, I get so comfortable. I get so comfortable because I don't have to share my faith because everyone has faith. I don't have to live differently because everyone else is living their own way. I don't have to. I don't have to be an ambassador. I can just do whatever I want. You know, when we are on mission, our life matters. And I, read, I actually read somewhere two things. I read someone, I was reading this essay, because this is the stuff I do for fun. Reading this essay on Missio Day, and it says Missio Day in the Hindu community. And I was like, come on, what? And it's like, uh, so Islam, uh, Judaism, and Christianity all have the same roots of a monotheistic Abrahamic covenant of God. And so you're kind of like, what? No, they don't come to my church. God's not working in their lives because I haven't reached them yet. Now, hold up. Just because you haven't reached them doesn't mean that God's not at work in their lives already. 
I walked into a, um, a barber recently and they're like, Russell, what's your, what's your job? And I'm like, I'm a pastor. And they're like, you're the third person this week to come and talk to me about God. And I was like, that's crazy. And the, the thing in my head was like, I was like, oh, come on, let's do it. We're always like, we need to get them to salvation now. Come on. And then I'm like, hold up. Does it, does it open up? Does the Lord open up to that? It says in the word, Paul says, some sow the seed, some water the seed, some harvest it, but it's God who makes it grow. God is doing so much more than we can ever realize. Do not ever get on your horse so high that we think that we need to do another event, another event to reach people. I say just live. Go into your life and live a light, a, a, light, a life of light. You know what I'm trying to say. Missio Day is simply living out the message of Jesus in the community, knowing that God is already at work in the community. There's one person, they're not here today, there's one person I look at and I'm like, they get it. Dave. Have you met Dave? Dave done it all. Dave's a great guy. I'm sitting with people and I think I'm fairly popular. Uh, so I think I'm a fairly popular person. Because I have it every now and then. So I'm like, oh, Andy. I'm like, yeah, person. <laughs> I'm like, what was your name? And so often I'm sitting with Dave in Hilton. I, I try and spend as much time at the Hilton cafes and stuff as possible. And they're just like, oh, Dave, thank you so much for, for helping us move house the other day. Oh, Dave, thank you so much for building, fixing our back stairs. Oh, Dave, thank you so much for this and that. Oh, Dave, are you coming over for dinner? Yeah. And I'm like, far out. This man just gets it just gets it. It's not about what can we do within the church. Yes, support the church's plans. There's something powerful about the church. We are the church. But we only have Sunday to have this event. You have your whole life to be on mission. Yeah, and I want to finish with this, this one idea. The Great Commission in Missio Dei was never about what you do, but it's about who you are. Because Jesus worked and partnered with disciples. He worked and partnered with disciples. And I want to show you a verse here, Matthew 14, verses 18 to 20. Jesus feeds the 5,000. Bring them here, he said. And he directed the people to sit down in the grass. This is the, the 5,000, not including men and children, women and children, it says in the Bible. So a lot more than 5,000. Taking the five loaves and the two fish from a small child, he looked up to heaven, he gave thanks, and he broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up the twelve baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. What I want to point out here is who performed the miracle? Jesus. Who outworked it? The disciples. Who performed the miracle of breaking the power of sin and death? Jesus. Who did Jesus invite to partner with him to outwork the miracle? The disciples. You, the miracle is done. You have been invited to partner. It doesn't depend on you, but you've been invited to be part of it. I always remember hearing that if you don't do it, God will do it. But it's like, it's, it's like hit that verse, it's like even if you don't sing, the rocks are going to cry out. Far out. God is so much more active than we realize in our lives. So much more active 
but he invites us to outwork the miracle with him. To outwork the miracle of life. And it's, it's who you are because when you're a disciple of Christ, you recognize the responsibility to outwork this miracle is mine. The responsibility is mine. I don't have to be a pastor to be on mission with God. I just have to be a disciple. You just have to be with Christ, to become like Christ, and to do as he did. And when you're a disciple, you start asking questions like, and these might be some tough questions, but does my life lead back to God? Am I outworking the miracle of salvation that Christ has gifted me? And this is a tough one. Would someone reject Christ on behalf of who I am and what I do? Would someone reject Christ because of the Christianity of the way that I live? Every single person in this room has been commissioned. You've been commissioned. Every single person has been commissioned to go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, to observe all, teaching them to observe all that has commanded you. Now, God had a message to deliver to the nation of Judah in Isaiah, in Isaiah 6. And this is Isaiah the prophet. And in verse 8 of 6, Isaiah exclaims, Here am I, send me. But the problem is, even before he said, Here am I, send me, Isaiah tried to disqualify himself, seeing himself as unworthy. And he was unworthy, according to Jewish moral code and whatnot. He says in Isaiah 6, 5, Woe to me, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. We all know some people of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Standing in God's presence, Isaiah became painfully aware of his sin. And he was broken about it. But God was actually preparing him for his cleansing and commission. After Isaiah acknowledged his sin, a seraph, which is an angel, takes a burning piece of coal from the altar fire, touches Isaiah's lips with it, and says, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away from you, and your sin atoned for. And then he goes on to say, Here am I, send me. Some details are important here. Isaiah could not remove his own guilt. The atonement is made possible by the altar, the sacrifice. And the purification specifically applied to the point of Isaiah's sin, his lips, making Isaiah acceptable minister of God's words. Can I say, you may feel unworthy to be on mission for God. You may feel unworthy that I am not good enough, that I, have, I don't feel like I'm particularly knowledgeable of the word or whatnot. The thing is, what happened here is Isaiah ministered through his lips. So the cleansing and atonement happened on his lips alone. Whereas we have Jesus who has come into our heart and transformed our whole being. So your life is now what is used for God's ministry. Your life, not just your words or your lips, but the way that you treat people, the way that you are patient with children or people who are hard to be patient with, the way that you live is now the ministry that God uses. What was back in the day was just under lips is now Proverbs 4, 23. Keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flows the spring of life. Your heart, your life is what now speaks to people. 
When Christ touches your heart, he makes your life acceptable as an ambassador of Christ's life. Your life matters. The way you live matters. What people see matter. See matters. Don't disqualify yourself or think that because you're not a pastor or a missionary, you can't outwork the Great Commission. Your life is essential to the mission of God. Can I get everyone to stand right now? And I just want to do something for us. I want us to do have a response. Because we're going into we're going into a new year, aren't we? We're going into a 2023. And there's something about New Year's that gives us an opportunity to say, actually, no, let's just reset. Let's just reset. But let's do something symbolic here. And I think there's something symbolic about parents holding their children as they do this, actually, as I'm just saying that. With all, all, all eyes closed, unless your child's about to fall or something. I want to ask you a question. Who wants to be sent again today? Who wants to know that I am sent of God? That my life matters. If that's you, just raise your hand. Maybe you've never felt worthy enough. Maybe you've lost the passion you once had. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite you today in the final sermon of 2022 to say something symbolic with me. Say, here am I, send me. On three. One, two, three. Here am I, send me. Come on, let's say it again. Here am I, send me, Lord. Here am I, send me. Come on. Father God, we just pray that we would understand that it is our lives that matter. We declare that our heart issues will put to the side because we realize you have already dealt with our hearts. You have touched us and made us clean. We say, here am I, send me, God, to our local barista, to our workplace, to our barber, Lord. We just pray that we would not be held back by shame or guilt or feel, feel unworthy to speak about you because we just don't have the words. Lord, let us realize that every step we take, we can pray, Lord, here am I, send me. Who can I impact today with my life? Who can I impact today with your life? Father God, we are here, we are on mission. Not our mission, but your mission. And we choose to partner with what you are doing in this world. We choose to partner and say, Lord, open our eyes to the opportunities that are there every day for us to speak your life and your cross. Amen. I'm sick of people waiting for a church to create a strategy that they like. Come on. I'm sick of people waiting for their church to be like, this is our new strategy, sweet. I can get behind the mission. I can get behind it now. No, your life. You have been apostolic. You, you go do it. So I want to officially cheesy ads like say, in the name of Jesus, you have been sent.
from this place. In the name of Jesus, you sent once again. Amen. I love you all. I hope you're inspired and encouraged. I hope you all realize that your life matters. Your life really, really matters. And when we all get that, I can tell you that our community is going to be transformed a lot quicker if we're waiting for church to get a good strategy. Yeah? Thanks for tuning in to the Freedom City Podcast. If there is any way that we can help you survive and thrive in your everyday life, we'd love to connect with you. If you'd want to know more about who we are, just head to www.freedomcityfremantle.com. Until next time, take care.